To all of you listeners of this great station, this is Rabbi Albaz uh, from SLC. I want to talk about the uh, parasha we read yesterday, parasha Kitisa. There are two pesukim in the parasha that seem to be contradictory. One of them is uh, uh, in Perek Lamed Bet, Pasuk Tet. Vayomer Hashem el Moshe, Kadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, Ra'iti et ha'amaze, I see this, this people here, meaning the Bnei Yisrael, Vehine am keshe'orifu, and this, this seemed to be keshe'orif. What does that mean, keshe'orif? Stiff-necked people, obstinate people. Well, she explains it the following. Why the word keshe'orif? Orif is the back, the neck. Keshe, tough, hard, which means whenever someone would reprimand them or would admonish them, they turn their neck, they turn their back, and they won't listen. That's Kshayorev. They won't listen. Uh, and the Sforno adds, such a person who does not want to listen at all, in Tikva, there's no hope for Teshuvah. Now, what happened here? Obviously, we know that the Bnei Israel, they somehow pushed Aharon, a coin, to have a Egil Azahav, a golden calf, and to bow down to it. Now, it's not necessarily as many people think. There are many Mifarshim that explain that Hazvi Shalom, the Bnei Israel, were not uh, in their mind they didn't have a, a thinking of actual Abu Zarah. But all they wanted is because Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the intermediary between them, and Kadosh Baruch Hu said they wanted something else that would be the, the somewhat the intermediary between them and Hashem. And they said the Egel would be the one. But they always believed in Kadosh Baruch Hu. But what we see from here is, Am Keshe Stiff-necked, that means being stiff-necked is a bad quality. It's, it's, a bad way of, it's a bad behavior. That's what it seems. Then, in Pereklamedalit, Pasuktet, then he is different. Here Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to Hashem. And he asks him, Vayomer imna masatichem If I can find favor in your, in your eyes, Hashem, I want, he is asking Hashem to be in the midst of the Bnei Israel, the Shekhinah to be there, not to send an angel, not to send a Malach, but them. And he says, Ki am yeah, this, this people are Kshayorev, they're stiff-necked. Now, obviously, if you, <laughs> if you want Hashem to be in the midst, and he's saying they are Kshayorev, that means uh, it seems to be like a good quality. So in one case, it looks like a bad quality. In the other case, no. It's not like it's a good quality. So which one is it? Well, the answer is, it depends. Let me give you an example. There is a Mishnah in Masechet Avot. And actually, we read this particular uh, peric of the Mishnah every day after the Korbanot. It says, Yehuda bin Tema Omer, 
Yehuda says, you know, you should be bold, aggressive like a leopard. But then the same person, Yehuda Mitema says, Hu he says, Aspanim lagehinam. If you have azut panim, if you are bold and aggressive like that, that you go to gehinam. So which one is it? Is it good or is it bad? The answer is, it depends where do you use that azut panim. Where do you, in, in what circumstances you are using this aggressiveness, this boldness, if you're using it in the fulfillment of the mitzvot, helping Torah courses, yeah, then you should be aggressive. You should stick to it at all times. Stand your ground. However, when it comes to the opposite case, if God forbid we're failing, failing in the mitzvot, then bend your neck and accept the tochaha, accept the reprimand. Yes, Keshe'orif is good in one way. It's bad in another. It's good in one way because when it comes to sticking to the mitzvot at all times or helping the a Torah cause, whatever it is, whether it's building a synagogue or, or a yeshiva or anything that has to do with Torah, yes, be aggressive there. Be Keshe'orif and stick to it. As a matter of fact, because of that, we, the Jews, are still here. After so many, so many thousands of years, we're still here. Why? Because we work Sha'arif. Despite the fact that we're being thrown out from one country to the other, we stuck to our beliefs. Sha'arif, yeah. If God forbid, God forbid, had we been the other way around, we wouldn't be here. So it is a good virtue when it comes to being firm and solid when it comes to obeying Hashem and obeying His laws. Now let me give you an example of someone that was Kshayorev, but the wrong direction. Yerov Abinivat. I'm sure you heard about Yerov Abinivat. He was, technically, I mean, he was a scholar, really. He knew Torah well. But he was a Rasha. He put up two agalim, two golden caps, he put. One was in Betel, one was in Dan. He was the first king in northern Israel, Yerubah And he didn't want the people that were, he had ten shebatim under him. He was a king of over ten shebatim. He didn't want them to go to Yerushalayim, to Rebet Amigdash. He put his own, his own agalim. He said, this is, the, that's it, this is it. Pashut was hote omahati. Not only he sinned, but he caused other people to sin. But if you look into Melachim, you will see that one time, the prophet Ido, he came and he saw him. Yeah, he was Abed uh, He was Maktir to Abed And he started to reprimand him. was Mokhiyahim. What happened? He got angry. The king says, he picks up his arm and says, arrest him. All of a sudden, his arm became paralyzed. Could not move it. Not up, not down, not sideways, nothing. 
I already hit him. So he asked the prophet, please pray for me, pray for me. I can move my arm again. The Navi prayed for him and his hand was released as before. But you know what? Did he ever learn his lesson from this incident? No way. He was Kriyalif. He would not take any Tukhaha from him. Back to where he was. Again, this is what we mean by being stiff-necked in the wrong direction. And you know something? Purim was only a couple of days ago. There was a similar situation in Purim also. What happened? Ahashverosh made a great feast for as long as 180 days. Can you imagine a feast that takes 180 days, one day after the other? But this was exclusively for his officials, uh, for the officers, uh, for the, the heads of the Medinot. He had 127 Medinot and so on. It was not just for everybody. Then, at the end of the 180 days, then he made a banquet, but this one for all the people in Shushan. Shushan Abira, that was the capital. So he made everyone, including the Jews, was all invited to come. Now, they went and asked Mordechai, who was the Gadolador, should we attend or not? He warned them, do not attend. Don't go there. They didn't listen. They gave him the uh, the back of the neck. Because she the wrong direction. They turned their neck, so to speak. And they went ahead. Attended the banquet and enjoyed themselves. Nehenu. It says, Nehenu misudatoshel ahashverot. They derived pleasure from it. Now, what was the main problem here? Well, you know that after Galut Babel, it was uh, prophesied by the Navi that it's going to take 70 years. After 70 years, the Bnei Israel will go back to their land and they will build the second Bet Hamikdash. This was known. Achashverosh knew it. But what he did was he made a mistake in the calculation. He thought that for sure the 70 years have passed already. And now that's it. Once passed already, that means not going to be any rebuilding. That means the destruction is has shalom permanent. That's it. So what did he do? He celebrated. He celebrated the permanent destruction of the temple. And he brought in the vessels. He used them. That's a sacrilege to use the uh, vessels. Davashi Kedusha is using it for a mundane thing. He put on the Big Day Kohen Gadol. He wanted to look fancy. And the Bnei Israel were there. And they saw this. And they celebrated with him. They were enjoying themselves there. Can you imagine? I mean, nowadays, we don't have the Bet Magdash. Unfortunately, there's no Bet Magdash. But 
we have something, let's say, Kadosh, like a, a Sefer Torah. And, and you see someone taking a Sefer Torah, cutting it up in pieces, God forbid. And what do you do? You celebrate. Can you imagine what kind of a sacrifice that is? Celebrating something like that? They wouldn't listen to Mordechai. He was pleading with them. No. They know better. That is in the wrong direction. And that's when Hashem decreed the Gezerah that Haman should come. Look, the Bnei Yisrael in the Midbar, they wouldn't listen to Hur either. Hur was, uh, was, 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 was fighting for the right things and don't make the egg hell, so they killed him. They didn't listen. There's a big lesson that we learn from here. A tremendous lekah from here. When it comes to the cause of Torah, always stand firmly. However, when it's the other way around, we should bend down. When it comes to going in the wrong direction, bend your neck. Bend down. Listen to the hachamim of your generation. Very important. Many of us don't always know what the right direction is. We ask the Hachamim, and they will tell us how to behave. And we listen to the right thing. You know, we don't always know how things are happening. <laughs> Sometimes something perhaps that is not to your liking is happening in your life, and you think, well, Hashem is doing something wrong, whatever, God forbid. Whatever Hashem does is always for the good. But we don't know it. Let's say, for example, you know, we learned in the beginning of the parasha about mahasita shekel. What? We take half a shekel. If if uh, we want to count the people, what do we do? We don't count the people head by head, you know, one, two, three, no. Each person will bring half a shekel. We count how many half shekels there are, and that's how many people we have. Very simple. Well, why half a shekel? How many, how many terutzim? There are many reasons why it's only half a shekel, not a whole shekel. There are many terutzim. I want to bring another another terutz, and I'm going to give you an illustration about a person a young man who has been living always the life of luxury in a palace with servants, never saw anything that goes on in the world. All he sees is beautiful food, delicious bread all the time, and delicious wine and, and, and meals served to him at all times. But one time, his father sent him to visit in a farm. And he sees the farmer. He takes, uh, you know, in those days they had the oxen or whatever, uh, and then they would go into the earth. The earth was nice and smooth. And he turns the earth all around. He turns it over. And he says to him, he says to himself, what's going on? It was so beautiful. Why is he spoiling the earth? On top of that, 
after he sees that, he sees that the farmer he takes the seeds and he throws the seeds in the ground. <laughs> wow. Throwing seeds, wasting seeds on the earth? And then he, he comes again and he turns the earth over again to make sure the seed is inside. What's going on here? Why is he doing this? This is waste. He doesn't understand it. Then he sees after uh, three, four weeks, whatever, there is the buds come in and there's flowers all around. Plain flowers. Flowers. Oh. He says, oh, maybe that's what it is. And then the stalks of wheat that grow up all over. Oh, um, and oh, stalk of wheat, that's very, uh, that, that's what it is. Now I understand why he did that. But then, next thing he sees is the guy comes in with the sickle and he cuts this thing one and the other, cut it, cut old thing, throws them in the ground. Then he comes in and stamping on it in order to uh, remove the the, uh, uh, the 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 grain from the pisole from the rest. And he takes the grain and he says a whole bunch, a mound of grain. He says, "Wait a minute!" He takes the grain and he goes to the mill and starts grinding it and grinding and grinding. It. What's going on? And he takes the grinding the flour. And he needs, he mixes with the water, kneads it, and now he puts it into the oven, and lo and behold comes out delicious bread. Ah, now I understand, he says, now I see. Before, I could not understand why. Now I see why he did it. Rabotai, Hachamim are telling us the following. He learned a lesson from this story. While you're going through something, it could be something good, it could be something bad, we don't know. But while you're in it, you don't know what the end result is going to be. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his own ways of dealing with the people. We, we can't understand how HaKadosh Baruch Hu behaves because we are not, we're not divine, we're human beings. As smart as we can be, our mind is still limited. And sometimes we might be going through something that is not so great, but then all at the end, maybe a year later, two years later, three years later, you see, oh, it came out to be something very good. I have experienced this myself a couple of times in life where something bad was happening only to see that later on it was something very good. Like the family uh, uh, that that was in uh, in, in Hungary, and uh, they they wanted to go to a, a certain place in Luxembourg, uh, and they, they couldn't, and they they wanted to go so badly there, and for some other reason they couldn't get visas. They wouldn't give them the visas. Only to hear later on that all those people there, now whether the Jews there were taken away. And it was sent to concentration sky. Eventually, it was sent to gas chambers. Yeah, Kadosh Baruch Hu does this many, many times. Or the guy that was supposed to go on a flight. On a flight, yeah. It happened recently with the flight with the Russian airplane. There was a, 
a woman and her daughter who happened to be there in Moshe attending some seminar and uh, Chabad and uh, that was uh, for the, the weekend or something and they wanted to go uh, to leave on that flight that crashed and somehow he talked them all you know he took them out of it stay stay for stay with us and they stayed so uh, in their mind I they missed a flight but you know what that flight crashed this is this is the things that we don't know and we have to always thank and be grateful to Akadosh because whatever Hashem does, it'll always be for the good. But we have to stay strong at all times. Have faith in Hashem, in the Mitzvot, in how the Hachamim are directing us. And if we're going to be stiff-necked, well, we should be stiff-necked in order to hold the proper direction, to follow the Mitzvot, yes. On the other hand, if we're doing something that is not correct, then we should bend. And that's a tremendous lesson that we learn. Also, there are many lessons, obviously, we learned from the parashah that we left yesterday, but this is one of the lessons. So I want to tell everybody, uh, please make sure that uh, this is just Purim now. We always give out uh, contributions here and there. This is a, an excellent cause I'm talking about the uh, this station, and please try to contribute as much as you can. And if you have any simha, call us at SLC. We have a beautiful social hall. I'm sure we can accommodate any simha that you have. So Shavuot Tov, and uh, Shalom Aleichem to all of you. Now we're going to start preparing for Pesach. <laughs> Shavuot Tov.